Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 180. It's Wednesday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day, though. Those of you who did stuff, and then also a great Galentine's Day for all you ladies out there that went out with uh, with the ladies. Um, also, if you have not checked out yesterday's episode, it was actually really good. And I'm not saying that just because it was myself and my wife, but um, I don't know. We really felt like there was something on on that episode, um, and it's just valuable. Uh, my wife and I, God is really honored. Um, our sacrifices and just being in marriage and preferring one another. And, uh, and so yesterday we were just reflecting on it and we're reflecting on it today as we're waking up and we're like, wow, like that was really, really good. So even if you're not in a relationship, um, and you're just kicking it with, with friends, uh, there's still a lot of valuable stuff. We talk a lot about friendship in that. Um, so also I apologize. There's a leaf blower like right outside my window, which I just got to say the leaf blower, this might be a hot take. All right. Uh, the leaf blower is the world's most annoying, uh, yard equipment piece of yard equipment. I'm just going to say it. It's so annoying. So there we go. Um, I may have offended so many people just now, but you can just deal with it. It's annoying. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really, uh, that'll really help us out. We really appreciate that. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we talk a lot about what happens when you donate to elijahfire.com slash donate. Uh, that the proceeds go towards this, keeping it five days a week, keeping it free and afloat on as many platforms as possible. And then we take some of that money and goes to, to water wells. But, and you guys have been super generous and we've been able to do those efforts with water wells um, because of your guys' generosity. However, for the next couple of months, we are going to be highlighting um, organizations that are based here in the US that are aiding in. Uh, bringing people out of human trafficking. So um, the way that you can get in on that is if you go to ElijahStreamsGrants.com. So that's ElijahStreamsGrants.com. You can apply for a grant for the organization that you represent, um, or you can recommend one. So if you go to ElijahStreamsGrants.com, and you, sorry, I'm trying to be super slick and sly, and I'm totally not. I'm not. Uh, this isn't going in my favor, guys. Hold on. Entire screen. There we go. I was on the wrong tab. Here we go. So if you go there, it'll redirect you to ElijahStreamsWater.com slash apply dash now. Um, but yeah, ElijahStreamsGrants, uh, just type that in and it'll take you right here. You can apply on behalf of an organization or you can recommend an organization to us that you think would be great for us to uh possibly give a grant to. So uh, that more details will follow on that in the future. But once a week, I just like to plug this really exciting, super generous of Steve. Um, also, he's moving in obedience too. I, I think there's a big need. There's a lot of talk around human trafficking now. And you guys know that my wife and I, uh, that's something that we were involved with exposing uh, when we were in missions. And there, uh, the, what was that now? early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, and back then it was just, it's just really encouraging you guys to see such a focus on this now, because it was really hard to raise awareness back then. People weren't quite 
there to i think it's just scary to think about that type of thing happening even in the u.s uh, but it very much does um, especially it's a big crisis down at the southern border um, and and a big uh, hot spot for targeting women and children um, and so this is amazing so we really want to partner with come alongside those organizations that are really trying to to make a difference and and rescue people um, and help them recover all that stuff. So Elijah's Dreams Grants is how you guys can get on, in on that. More information will follow in the future. Um, okay. I think that's it. I love having this guy on the show. I, you know, he's, uh, I love bringing on people from different generations and he definitely is part of the Gen Z generation, which is the generation below mine. I'm a millennial. Um, and it's just super exciting what God is doing. And he's, He's a revivalist. He's a he's passionate for the Lord, on fire for the Lord. He's an evangelist and just I mean just rips it up. So I always love hearing this guy preach and and evangelize. He's always posting reels and so encouraging. So let's give it up for the co-founder of the California California will be saved, Ross Johnston. What is up, everybody? Man, Jeff, it is always so exciting to be on Elisha Fire. Like, yeah. I literally love you guys so much. So, yeah. this is our third or fourth. I can't remember. Third or fourth time. Well, we did one with Joel, a, a joint one. I think you guys both have, you, maybe you've done two to get, I can't mm -hmm. remember, man. We've done, a, we've done, we've done a handful, you know? Yeah. Well, well, here we but, are again. <laughs> uh, but I always love, man, like, um, I've been, I say, say the same thing about like, um, uh, like, Robbie Dawkins, I don't know if you know who he is. Um, yeah. You know, he's really spearheading a lot of what's happening in the Iranian church and even Afghanistan and a lot of the issues that were happening there um, because of certain poor choices from certain administration that were causing a lot of issues over there with a lot of the local Christians. Um, and my whole thing is this. I don't want people to forget, like whatever it is, yeah. I don't want people to forget. Um, now, I for the elephant in the room, everyone's like, well, why haven't you had Robbie Dawkins on? We've tried. The dude is so busy, but we always keep trying. So one of these days we'll get him back on. But um, I I think even with revival, I think you can pinpoint one specific thing and go, oh, that was amazing. But God's doing a lot more than just in one specific place, right, Ross? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're gonna talk about so many things today, which I'm excited about, but whether it's California where, you know, really is my assignment at the moment, or it's what we're seeing happen at Asbury, or it's what we're seeing happen in the nations. I mean, God's up to something right now. And so I think as believers, when we come to these, like what I would say, crossroad moments or convergence moments, you know, I really want to lean in. It's so easy in convergence moments to get critical or to try to prove things or, or whatever the case may be. But what if we just take a step back for a second and say, okay, God, regardless of what I agree and disagree with, it's clear that people are being saved. It's clear that people are, are repenting and coming back to you. It's clear that your spirit is moving. What is my role in revival? And that's yeah. something our good friend, I know you have Jesse Green on here a ton. Yeah. That's what I really picked up from her. She's like, ask God, what's my role in revival? Is it to be a mom? Is it to be a father? Is it to be a pastor? Is it to be in the streets? Whatever the case may be. So I just want to think, lay the foundation today before we talk about, you know, the, the key word of revival. It's like, you don't have to not be a part of it. And you also don't have to be critical of it. But right. instead, you can ask God, what does this look like in my life? What is my role and responsibility? And I think that's a really great place to start. Yeah. And I think that takes courage, too. You know, it's like, 
to sit there and and I you know because even when I was in missions and I would try to talk people talk to people about missions I I did a lot of uh, I worked in their mobilization department at YWAM and and we would go around to different college groups and so if you talk about missions so I've heard every excuse under the under the moon you know of like uh you know different reasons why people can't get into missions like i don't feel called to that but a lot of times too it's like we can try and like no god i'm just supposed to do this thing that makes me really comfortable right right you wouldn't ask me to do something else and i think it takes courage to 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 be like god what's my role in this and it could be something that you're like Oh God, I didn't just hear you say that, you know, <laughs> and it, like, it does take some, some courage, but you know, once you get to that place, you realize you're like, Oh wait, this is exactly what I needed. I'm feeling myself come alive. Like this is exactly totally. what I need. It was the thing that I was resisting against, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I found from my life that the things, you know, things that might not be comfortable are typically the things that are most worth it. Yeah, right. And so it's like, can we stay in this place? This is something the Lord's really been speaking to me, Jeff, is like there's these healthy tensions that I believe God places us in, because the reality is, as humans, we want to put our feet all on one side, left or right. And I'm not talking politically. I'm just talking in life. Right. Mm-hmm. We want we want to go where there's less confrontation, less strife, less struggle, yeah. where we know the answers. We're right. All the all the things. But the truth is, when we stay in these tensions, it allows us, one, to stay intimate with God. But then two, to actually stay intimate with people, right? And as soon as we lose that tenderness or that intimacy with God or with people, then typically we're operating out of religion or we're operating out of our own strength or our own wisdom. And we know that when we operate on our own things, they usually don't end up well. Yeah. (laughs) And so my encouragement is like, man, don't be afraid of the tension. Obviously, if it's a sin issue, that's a whole different ballgame. But I'm saying don't stay in the tent, like stay in the tension where God has you in a season or in a moment where you have to rely on intimacy with him as your only source. Yeah. Right. So that's that's it, man. Like that's paramount right there. Like intimacy with, with him is our source, regardless of what, whether you're a revivalist or you're a evangelist or a missionary or a pastor or a mom or, you know, um, that intimacy is the key to everything and keeping the tank full. Totally. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what is, what is God doing, man? What is God doing in California? What are you seeing him doing in the, in the, the country? And obviously you mentioned Asbury, Kentucky, which is amazing, but let's just go for it, man. Like what, what is God doing in our country? Well, I'll say this, the, the more I grow in maturity with God and intimacy with God, the more knowledge I have, but not necessarily the more understanding. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, God, wow, I understand this about scripture. I understand this about your heart. And then when I look into the world, I'm like, okay, I see pieces that I understand, but I'm also blown away. And I'm like, God, I don't fully know what you're doing. But here's mm-hmm. what I do know, regardless if I know fully or I don't know fully, if it has to do with the Great Commission, if it has to do with what Jesus told us to do as believers, I want to be all in on that. You know, so for example, if people are being saved, people are being healed, people are being baptized, people are being filled with Holy Spirit, all these things, man, I just want to be, I want to be a partaker of that. I want to say, God, this might not be happening in my city or my state or my church, but I'm all in. But here's the cool thing. I I recognize that when we see things happen in culture, right, or in our world, where we see God moving in places, it's always 
to unto something. And what I mean by that is like, for example, we look at Asbury, we see what's happening there or whatever, whatever, you know, revival or moment you want to put there. God never says, okay, well, that's really cool, Russ. But he also puts responsibility on us. And he says, okay, now that you see what's happening, why doesn't this happen at your church? Why isn't this happening at your house, your family, your ministry, etc.? And so it's really cool because I feel this like, as much as I have an excitement, I also feel this like challenge from the Lord in a mm. healthy way where it's like, yeah. hey, you're seeing what I'm doing in pockets all around the world. Yeah. Now, are you able to come and and be grateful for that, but also steward that in your own life? And so yeah. that's where I feel we're really at right now is what are we stewarding in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important question. I think that um, it's easy also, you know, we were talking, you know, backstage, it's easy to look at one specific outpouring and, you know, we have so many like the Toronto blessing and, and all of those, um, you know, obviously the very famous Azusa street mm-hmm. revival. Um, but I just, it's interesting. It, it's an exciting thing to me that, you know, with what God is doing, you have a lot of people who are able to provide insight and direction, but there's no one person who are like, oh, it was this person that, that God used to start this. And yeah. with Asbury, it's like even a step farther where it's a Baptist university where this type of thing on paper shouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's just like God to use the least likely place in my mind and go. And honestly, dude, I'll be honest, though. I've been praying for this. Like I've been praying mm-hmm. for like, God, let it show up in like places where cessationists are, you know, like. are are filled you know like just blast them like have them just have these crazy encounters that are undeniable and god's doing it and i'm i'm like so stoked bro yeah honestly i'm I'm excited too you know what's really cool is when you see things like this it really wakes you up to the fact that like this is actually becoming a reality in our age and our generation Right. Yeah, sure. Because when we say th- when we see things like Azusa Street, Jesus People Movement, you know, First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, I'm so excited about those. And I, I research them. I learn about them. But here's the thing about God. When he when he moves, it typically never looks 100 percent the same as the last time he moved. Right. Right. Like if you think about Azusa Street compared to the Jesus People Movement, those are two way different revivals. Right. Like there was a whole entire people group in the Jesus People Movement, a.k.a. the hippies that God just absolutely marked. Right. Whereas Zeus Street was God really focused on a prayer meeting. Like there's so there's such differences. And so I think what I want to learn, especially as someone who's quote unquote young, <laughs> right, is I want to be willing to break any box of my mind that I've placed God in. Yeah, come on. Right. Because yeah, I love revival and, and I'm seeing God do amazing things, but it's so easy. You know, I, I said this when I was preaching a couple weeks ago. It's not that God has to get in alignment with us, but we get in alignment with God. Come on. <laughs> right? So there's anything that offends us or challenges us that is from God. It's typically not his problem. It's typically our problem. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, and so I'm like, yeah. man, we got to get this right. Like, God, if there's anything in me that feels offended or, or prideful or feels like this was supposed to be, this was supposed to happen in my minute, like, any of those things, I, I have to repent of those and say, God, if it's if you do it in my ministry, praise God. But if you do it somewhere else, praise God. And regardless of what happens, I want to keep my heart in that posture of like, man, God, if Pete, once again, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but if people are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are getting baptized, they're coming back to God, that should excite me. 
that as a believer should be, instead, my first thought shouldn't be critical or trying to prove anything. It should be, oh my gosh, people are coming to know God. I'm excited. I'm all in. How can I press in in this? You know, so that's yeah. where my heart posture is at. Yeah, dude. Well, let's talk about, I mean, obviously you're part of uh, the Gen Z generation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what what has God been doing in that generation? Because I do feel like there's a lot of attack on Gen yeah. Z and I would say Gen Alpha for sure. You know, a lot of the kids yeah. right now um, yeah. in arts and entertainment are being, you know, there's an agenda. There's obviously an agenda to to you know push them away from God, uh, but yeah. you know the same can be said for a lot of people in Gen Z. What is what have you been seeing God doing within your generation? Yeah, I would say, man, there's so many ways to approach that question, right? Like there's yeah. so much history. Uh, there, there's so many things, but here's a, here's where I'll go. Is I believe God's really encountering Gen Z. And what I mean by that is the more I see, I look into the Bible and read throughout the, the pages of scripture before anybody was ever sent before anybody ever did anything for God, they encountered God. Right. And I mean, you can see that from old Testament to new Testament. And the reason why I think that's so powerful is because I think Gen Z and the younger generations, they have such a calling to want to do. They have such a calling to want to go. They want to be a part of something bigger than their life. They want to be a part of a mission. Right. But the truth is, anytime we operate for God without an encounter with God, once again, it's really easy to start operating out of religion or out of rules or out of my own strength, my own wisdom, my own passion. And that's just a really dangerous place to be. And so what I've seen God really do with Gen Z, I'll just share a, qu a few quick stories. I was asked yeah. to speak at this youth conference. They don't have to be quick. You can tell a lot <laughs> if you want. I love hearing it. <laughs> so I was at this youth conference in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and they asked me to come speak. And um, in, in one of the breakout sessions, it actually wasn't the main session. It was a breakout session where it was me and about 10 seventh grade girls and their teacher. And I remember... They, I, you know, they asked me to speak on a really specific topic, but I felt the Holy Spirit tell me just open it up to Q and A because our generation, the younger generation, they have so many questions, yeah, and and they yeah. and they typically don't have a lot of answers, right? Mm. And so I said, hey guys, we're just gonna open it up Q and A style, be as raw and real and transparent as possible, and I'll do the same with you. Sure enough, as soon as I said that, I felt the atmosphere shift a little bit. It went from like, okay, here's a cool guest speaker, you know, a cool guy, he has nice jeans to like, okay, <laughs> we're going to ask some questions here, <laughs> you know? And one of these yeah. girls, she was in, you know, seventh grade and she starts sharing that basically she, she lives at home with her mom and has a few siblings, but she, and this, these were words from her own mouth, a 13 year old girl. She's saying like, she feels that her mom is absent, absent. And then she's raising her her siblings on her own. Wow. As soon as I heard this, Jeff, I mean, I was just like we are right now. I was just sitting down listening. And I I felt the literal heart of God for this girl. And I just started weeping like an absolute mm. mess. <laughs> like the, it went from like, OK, like this is deep. Like everyone's looking around like, uh oh, what is happening right here? Yeah, the Holy <laughs> Ross is having a breakdown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I, I got up from my chair. I walked over to her and I said, hey. I said, I'm just going to pray with you. I put, I grabbed her hand. I put my other hand on her leg and I just prayed over her. And I, and I looked at her and I said, I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so, and I believe, and I, I don't believe, but I know God is with you. And, you know, it was such a moment that honestly, I'll never forget for the rest yeah, of my life. Huge, and, and, you know, that whole weekend that I was there in Las Vegas at this school, 
it was incredible. I had these students from sixth to 10th grade, you know, and let's be honest, mo most people at that age group, they're still learning how to express themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so adorable. You have these 11, 12 year old, you know, little, little children coming up to you and they're saying, Ross, I was crying the whole time you preached, you know, my whole, my whole row, my whole class, we couldn't stop talking about what you said about X, Y, Z. And it's not to highlight me, it's to highlight yeah. that when our generation, when we walk in intimacy with Jesus and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the generations below us, they are awakened to this reality of God that maybe they've never sensed or experienced before. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And so I would say with Gen Z, they're literally looking for real, real believers, people who authentically know God, hear his heart, hear his voice. And when they see that, they can recognize it. They, I, I say this statement, non-believers have discernment too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like whether you're a believer or a non-believer, you can discern if someone's being authentic or real. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say with Gen Z is something that God's really stirring in my heart is that they are such a fatherless generation. And, and God is raising us up, whether you're my age, early, late 20s or older, he's raising us up to be fathers and mothers who will come alongside the younger generation and say, hey, listen, I'm not going to condemn you, but instead I'm here to answer your questions and I'm here to represent who Jesus is. Yeah, and when we do those things, it releases encounters into the atmosphere, you know? And yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I have a question because um, I, oh, I can't remember who it was, but um, I, I've heard a couple of prophetic voices share this where they said, like with the Jesus movement, like, like hippies were to the Jesus movement, the LGBTQ uh, uh, society is going to be to this move of God. Like God is yeah. really after them. I mean, have you experienced a little bit of that yourself? Um, yeah. Just well, being out and about? Totally. Well, yeah. For those who don't know my story, just real quick, I grew up in a, in a lesbian household, right? I was born by artificial insemination. So this, this people group really resonates with my heart, you know? And I'll be honest, I haven't seen much in my personal experience and breakthrough in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. But here's what I will say. I believe that what we see from the social media side and the news is not the full reality. And what I mean by that is like, you know, the news, they, they show these such polarized opposites, right? Like all the way over here, all the way over here. But the, the majority of Americans that I talk to, especially non-believers, they are so open to God. I mean, I can't even, mm -hmm. I can't even, I, it'll take up the whole show if I start talking about what I, what, you know, people I've talked to at the gym or at grocery stores or whatever, but the people are so open. When I say Jesus, they're not pushed away. They're not turned away. As a matter of fact, they're typically very open and like, well, what does that mean? Or tell me more or thank, like I've had people thank me for sharing the gospel with them who weren't believers. Like they were wow. literally like, thank you for sharing that with me, you know? So uh, the reason why I bring that up is I think with the LGBTQ community, it's so easy, especially as the church or as believers to feel we're so polarized from them. Yeah. But the reality is, I think if we actually do relationship well and we actually build relational equity, they are more open than we think they are. Yeah, because every person, no matter what lifestyle they're living, was created with the DNA in them to know God. Hmm. And so they all have, they all are curious. Every person is curious. Some people might push it further than others. Some people might deny it more than others, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Love it. 
Um, okay, what else, Ross? I gotta hear more testimonies, bro. I just that's I love it. Okay, yeah, I got another one. Okay, yeah. so I, I was I was sharing at this church um, a couple weeks back as well, and it was just like a Sunday morning service, and uh, it was Sunday morning or Sunday night. I spoke at both. I can't remember the, the specific service, but after the service, there's this 14 year old uh, guy who comes up to me, and he says, "Hey, man, I just I just want to be honest with you." I was like, "Yeah, totally." Like be honest with me he's like you know i've had this overwhelming like depression and anxiety for pretty much as long as i can remember okay. he shared his testimony with me i mean he started like he started you know being addicted to drugs at like nine years old which is just absolutely insane yeah. and so he said you know at the end of the service uh typically when i when i preach or minister i always love giving, giving an opportunity i want to pray for as many people as possible i want to i want to prophesy over as many people as possible i just want to represent the heart of god towards as many people as possible and so in that moment i i didn't recognize it because you know there's a there's a ton of people at the altar so i you know i'm not going to remember every single person but when i prayed for him i just put my hand on his shoulder and so after he said hey as soon as you put your hand on my shoulder I just felt this like anxiety, depression, like instantly Come leave, on, dude. you know, and he was so moved by that. Like he almost didn't like, he, I could tell in the moment he didn't really know how to fully respond. <laughs> you know, he was just trying to express, like I yeah. had this crazy encounter with God and you were a mm -hmm. part of it and I don't really know what to say. <laughs> so it was super, super powerful, you know, to see that. Um, and then I think the other thing that really stands out is once again, when I was at that school, uh, during one of the, one of the nights they had a session, I wasn't speaking and I was just kind of hanging out in the lobby area. And all of the students that were in that lobby area, I, I sat down by myself because I was just kind of resting. It was honestly a long week. I was like, man, I just need to sit down for a second. Mm -hmm. And all these students, like there's probably like five to 10 of them just kind of, you know, mingled over towards me and they just start talking and, and they just start sharing things with me. And what really moved me is that they were just so honest and they were like, you know, they were like, Ross, we have never experienced this before. You know, like we, well, I've never felt the presence of God like that. I, I've never heard somebody, you know, one of these little girls, she's so cute. She's like, how are you so good at your job of preaching? You know, like, like it's just so, <laughs> it's so adorable, you know, because yeah. they're, they're having this experience with the Holy Spirit they've never encountered before. And God was just marking me, like, see what happens when you walk in authenticity it releases people to actually see me for who I really am, yep. you know? Um, and, and so that was just, that was, those are the things that have really been marking me lately the past couple of weeks, you know, as I've been traveling and doing so much, but I just believe God is really desiring us as the body to walk in authenticity, to really model him with transparency and with power and with purity. Hey, and on. when we do that, people are so open to jesus they are so open to conversation they're so open to actually hear the reality of who he is yeah well and i mean just on in the vein of that authenticity i think not being intimidated by harder harder to answer questions yeah. um number one that puts you in a position where you actually have to lean into the holy spirit to get an, an answer that's outside of yourself God, yeah. what are you trying to say to this person? You know, totally. um, and uh, that can take practice, you know, and, yeah. and being able to separate your own thoughts versus what, you know, uh, what the Lord is actually trying to say to this person. Totally. Um, but, you know, man, like I've been I've had I don't know how many conversations with with young people about like they're like, hey, can I tell you something like I'm really struggling whether God's real or not. And mm -hmm. my, my answer to them shocked them because I said, it's good that you're asking these questions. Like they, yeah. they gave me some questions that they were asking, like, but what about this? What about that? I said, it's good that you're asking these questions and not being intimidated by the, no, 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 we don't talk about that. Cause man, yeah. 
that whole approach i've seen that backfire i i've actually never seen yeah. it be successful um, yeah because then I, I said the last thing the last thing we need is a bunch of people just blindly following something because you know they yeah. were they were conditioned to follow it blindly yeah. you know yeah. and i was like god wants a relationship with you and he will answer these questions Absolutely. but the solution is pressing in the solution is not to go somewhere else to try and find the answer and yeah. um and so uh i i think that's another thing is just allowing yourselves to not be offended um and that's something that god is going to have to really work on our hearts and do that's like a prayer of mine all the time you yeah. know it's just like lord like and and what's happened is like even for me is like really shifting even when i see people on like a celebrity or whatever and they say something crazy um you know uh is it's to not be up in arms about it like like there was an artist at the Grammys that did something really bad, you know, yeah. uh, on the surface and they were blasted. And honestly, my first reaction and I'm not tuning my <laughs> horn. I'm just saying like my, my first reaction was just, I was so sad for him. And I was like yeah. that, like he hasn't felt that love. He hasn't felt that from the body of Christ. Yes. But also that experience with God, like, I mean, he's so loved, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's an appropriate response is, is compassion. Just like Jesus was moved with compassion, you know? So, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think Bill Johnson said this, but, you know, when Jesus ministered to people, he ministered out of his presence, not just the practicals, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. We should equip. We should teach. Yep. We should disciple. I mean, we're called in the Great Commission to make disciples, right? Mm -hmm. But so many times what I've seen is people will be able to say the right things, but they'll never have the experience that backs it up. Right. Like they'll say, OK, yeah, God heals. Yeah, God is good. Yeah, God is this. God is this. But then you look at their life and you don't see that. Right. And and what I'm really yeah. sensing is what Jesus is always. I mean, he's always longing to do this. But I, I feel especially in our generation, in the, in the moment of culture we're living yeah. in, where there's so many voices, Jeff. Right. Like we love social media. You and I were on it every day. We post on it every day. But there's voices on social media. There's your friends, there's your church, mm -hmm. there's your family, there's your whatever, your co-workers. Yeah. There's so many voices trying to get your attention. And some of them are really good and are, and are super helpful. But here's the thing we need to press in. I want to hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That is the voice that I want to be tuned into more than anything else. You know, I said this a couple months ago. I want to be tuned into the news of heaven more than the news of the earth. Come on. <laughs> right? right? Because in heaven, they're tuned into one thing. His name is Jesus. <laughs> right? That's what they're tuned into. And so that's what I want to be tuned into in my heart, my mind, my will, my emotions, everything. And not only that, but I'm believing this is one of my one of the main prayers of my life. God, when I walk in such intimacy with you, in such awareness of you, that I'm clothed in such a measure of your presence that when I walk into a room, or when I walk or when someone meets me or sees me, they would sense there's something different in the atmosphere, mm -hmm. right? Because Jesus was not just a good teacher. He was not just a good man. He was clothed with the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And that is what people always remember. Do they remember his teachings? Absolutely. The word of God is essential. It's it, it, The word of God is what we base everything we preach off of. The word of God, I read it daily. But Jesus walked in such a presence that when you left the atmosphere that he was in, you knew that there was something different. You knew that there was, he was he was more than just a man. <laughs> right. And so for me, that's what I want to live in my life where I walk into rooms, whether I'm preaching or I'm eating at IHOP <laughs> or whatever it is. 
I want to know that I'm clothed with such the presence of Jesus upon me that when I walk into an atmosphere, people recognize that not for the sake of my glory, but for the sake of giving glory to Jesus and leading people to him. Yeah, right. And so that's that's really that's really what I think God is just desiring the church to be is we're presence carriers. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit now. So when people meet us, they should be meeting Jesus through us and in us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, dude. And the thing I love about um, just what I've observed, man, from the California will be saved crew, you and all the people that you run with is, um, you know, dude, like I've seen a lot of people, even in my generation, friends that like we had, we had the same experiences in missions. And these are like, whoa, experiences to the point where you're like, they were things that really galvanized my walk with the Lord. They were like some of those monumental, like, you know, like mon you know, memorial stone uh, moments uh, where you can look back and you can see all of them, you know, like, yeah, it was that, it was that, it was that. So for me, it was like, these are things that rocked my world. Amazing. Whether it was God's presence, whether it was a healing, whether it was, you know, whatever. Um, and yet I have buddies of mine mm. that, had the same experience. They were in the same room with me. They saw the same thing. We felt the same Holy spirit, you know, and they're atheists now. And, um, I think it's important to have a forward motion of his presence is the number one goal and not to go, okay, well, if it's his presence, then it should always look like this. No, totally. but if you are genuinely following the Lord, it, you're going to, like you were talking about, there's going to be a noticeable difference, right? Um, yeah. You know, we, we uh, his presence is with us, you know, and the thing I love about the California will be saved movement is that it's like, it's obvious that, that God's presence is, is there when you guys go to these places. Um, and just, I, I like to look at the people in the crowds of when I'm watching different things, you know, and, um, and, uh, and just, you, you can, it's a noticeable thing, man. Yeah. And, I think that's so important is, is abandoning powerless Christianity. Cause that's, what's yeah. happened with a lot of my friends is, you know, they go back to their churches and, and, um, and, uh, you know, it's just not, it's not a common practice to have, you know, you know, it's, it's very rigid and structured and, you know, okay. you're in and out in 45 minutes, you know? And, yeah. um, and I think that that's something that is so refreshing to see, both with California will be saved, the stuff that Jesse Green's doing, the stuff that yeah. tons of other people are doing, and it's that number's growing and growing. But is a genuine just fostering the presence of God and just creating a space where God can do what God wants to do rather yeah. than, hey, this is what I want God to do. Totally. Well, I'll say this too, you know, the purpose of an encounter with God is always to transform or not only transformation, but a lifestyle, hmm. right? So many people have had encounters with God. And then, like you said, you look at their life in five years, five months, 10 years, whatever, and they're not even walking with God. Yep. And so that's where I think it's so vital, especially for me. This is this is like a challenge for me to say, because I'm such a feeler. <laughs> like when I feel, quote unquote, feel the presence of God, I'm like, oh, this is everything. I, I'm, I'll stay here forever. Mm -hmm. Everything else doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> but what happens in the moments where you, quote unquote, don't feel God? Sometimes right. That's the tense where he moves the most, man. In my yeah. experience, yeah. And so I'm like, man, I'm all for setting these atmospheres. That's really what California will be saved does, right? When we travel and we're doing worship outside and we're preaching the gospel, it's creating these atmospheres for the tangible presence of God to, to come in, 
right? And many times, if not all the times, that has happened. So people are having an encounter with God where it's like a tangible encounter, whether they feel his presence, you know, they're being healed, whatever the case may be. But then it, it has to lead into a lifestyle, yeah. right? You know, the, well, this is what I like to say. The mic and those experiences, those are more like the 1% of our lives, right? The 99% of our life is I wake up and I roll out of my bed and I read my Bible, right? I, I do friendship. I serve at a local church. I pray daily. You know, I, I share the gospel with my coworkers, friends, et cetera. That's the 99% of my life, hmm, right? But in our generation, specifically Gen Z, we have been so accustomed. And this is why I feel like I'm even, I even have challenges sometimes in these spaces because my generation has been taught it's all about how you feel. It's all about the experience. It's oh, all yeah. about does it satisfy you? Do you feel good? Do you not feel good? <laughs> and so, so many times, and I, I felt God refine me like Ross. Will you feel my presence in your life? Absolutely. But are you only in love with me because of a feeling that you have for me? Hmm. Because a true lover is somebody who loves regardless of feeling, right? And you probably know this the most because you're married, right? I'm not married at the moment, but marriage is such a beautiful picture of our relationship with the Lord, yeah. right? Because when you're married with somebody, right, just because they're not at home with you doesn't mean they're not with you. They don't care yeah. for you. Yeah. You're at the grocery store. They're at home. You're still together. You're just in two different places doing uh -huh. two different things, yep. right? It's the same thing with the Lord. Oh, I don't feel the Lord because of X, Y, Z. Well, that doesn't mean he's not with you. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. That doesn't mean that you don't know God. And, and so those are the thoughts that I feel like we have to just take captive. And that's what I'm really learning is like, God, I might not be feeling a thing right now. Yeah. But that doesn't change your love. You're the same yesterday. Yeah, that's today, huge, bro and forever and yeah. so that's something that i really want to press in in our generation is like are we willing to push past all the feelings and the highlights and the goosebumps all things i believe in all things i've encountered and all things i create atmospheres for but those are not what will sustain me what will mm -hmm. sustain me is daily getting into my secret place with god praying reading the word etc and so that's what i yeah. think is a, a big highlight um and jeff actually you know what i, I forgot i want to say one more thing on this too mm -hmm. and we were talking about revival we're talking about asbury and, and azusa street what I feel God's doing in this moment is he's bringing back a church who can endure in the glory of God. Wow. Man, and, and let me explain what I mean by this. So many times, and, and I'm even guilty of this. I think we're all guilty of this, right? We'll be in a church service. We'll be at a revival meeting. It's one hour in, two hour in, three hours in. And we're like, man, I'm just, I'm a little tired, you know, or I'm a little hungry, which are all valid things. But real revival is when you're able to press in and say, God, I don't, regardless of what I feel right now, you are worthy. I might not feel a thing. I'm going to worship you. I might mm. not feel a thing. I'm going to pray. I mm. might not feel a thing. I'm going to go pray for that person. Right. And so what I sense God doing in this in this hour is building endurance in the glory of God. Right. As soon as the feelings go away or the goosebumps go away, that's when I want to keep going. That's when I want to press mm. in right there. Anybody can be hyped up on a mic and preach a great sermon when they have the goosebumps in the fields. But what happens when you just linger a little bit? You endure a little bit. You just kind of, you hang around a little bit. <laughs> Dude, that's you know? huge. So that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be a lingerer in the presence of God. Mm. I just want to linger. I, I want I want to just stay steady. I just want to endure. I don't want to go away as soon as the feeling goes away. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So on yesterday's show, you know, my wife was on and we were talking towards the tail end, talking about how love is a choice. It's not, it's not a feeling. And there's a big, been a mi big misconception with that even within um and it's not to say like it's not to say that you're not going to have those feelings uh, totally. with love you will mm -hmm. but it's it's a it is a commitment it's a choice and um 
it, I, I always look at like Jesus, like in the garden. I mean, that was like the ultimate act of love and sacrifice, right? Like when he's sitting yeah. in the garden and like drops of blood and he's like, God, if it's your will, take this cup from me, you know? Um, but not my will, your will be done. And yeah. thinking like, it wasn't a pleasant experience for, for Jesus to do that with us. And that means that like, sometimes we, with love, like sometimes it means laying your, your, what you want to do down for the other person. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the same can be said about our relationship with the Lord, where it's like, it's not always feelings, but you stay committed. And those feelings, you do get those moments of euphoria, totally. right? Those moments where you're like, whoa, God is like so here. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. But I, man, I could tell you like some of the times got to wake me up in the middle of the night. Hey, I want I want you to I want you to go do a word study on this thing. I'm like, now at 2:30 in the morning, you know, and there's a moment where I get to choose. Do I want to give in to how I feel right now, which is I'm gonna go back to sleep because my bed's nice and warm and cozy, or am I gonna get up and press into the presence of the Lord? And when I've done like dude, some of the times I've just been like bam, like God, like the times when I'm like groggy and tired and I don't want to like, uh, I don't feel like it have been some of my most profound encounters with the Lord, dude. And, yeah. and so wow. I think that's such an important thing that you said, not just for Gen Z, because I think that's a very human, um, thing to like, not uh, to, to kind of right on the coattails of your emotions, whatever it is you feel like doing. I feel like eating candy all the time or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, there's a, there's a, a negative result to doing that a lot, you know? Um, and I think that, um, so I, I just think that's, yeah, obviously I have noticed that in, in Gen Z, you know, where it does seem like maybe that's why we've seen so much depravity within that generation mm. of just like sexual immorality and things like that is because it's just based on feelings. You know, it's like, totally. Oh, you're done with that person. We'll go to another sexual partner or we'll go do this. But um, yeah, I, I just think that's so important, dude, is that, yeah. is that um, not doing things just out of feeling, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And as I'm talking about this, like this isn't even something like just being so transparent that I'm walking through right now. Like, I'm like, man, God, I really desire to feel you, your overwhelming yeah. presence and the kabah, the glory of God, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's just not, it's not my reality right now. But you know, what I feel God really doing is he's saying, see, this is when I figure out who is a real lover, mm -hmm. who is somebody that I can actually trust with that presence. Because if you can only be trusted with the feeling, it's such a dangerous zone because yeah. your identity yeah. becomes your feeling, not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. right wow. so and he's always desiring to root us deeper and deeper in sonship that's always god's desire to root us as deeply as possible in sonship with him because the more i understand i'm a son or daughter of god and the more i'm aware of that then the more my life will look like the life of jesus yeah that's good right and so i'm just like so convinced right now that for our world and our generation like He's like, who are the ones who are willing to push past disappointment, push past heartbreak, push past things, Jeff, that are actually valid excuses, <laughs> like valid things. You can say, God, that really hurt. I need some time to process this. I'm not against processing. I'm not against counseling. I'm all for that. But I'm saying is, who are those who can get laser focused and catch a, a reality of Jesus that goes, okay, 
here's my here's what's happening in the external of my life but there's something happening internally that is keeping me so in pursuit of God that I'm willing to push past and I'm able to push past the disappointment, the heartbreak, the words, the situations that didn't go my way, the business deal that didn't work, whatever the case may be. And, and I think that's where, at least for me, that's where God is bringing me is like, Ross, can you press past all the things? Those are valid things. And yeah, there's some things there I want you to dive into, but what if you can do, what if you can just stay the stay on par, stay on par, Stay on course, stay on track, stay consistent, right? And, and that's just really what I'm walking through right now. And so I just declare that's that really over good, any person man. that needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And I'm reminded as you're talking about Bill Johnson, how he 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 lost Benny Johnson, went home to be with the Lord. And then he went and preached a sermon like a couple of days later or something. And yeah. for a lot of people, I know for myself, it was just like this heaviness of just like, well, this is real. Like this is like... Yeah. You know, and I just such a powerful thing of just being like, you know, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I mean, it was just about God being worthy of of his his servitude, you know, him serving him. And, and it was just like, wow, like that's yeah. that's hardcore. Um, you yeah. want to talk about not feeling like doing something. <laughs> and I think there'd be a lot of people that would look at his situation and go, yeah, he has every right to not to sit it out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, totally. So, yeah, that's yeah. huge. I'll say I'll say one more thing. And then, of course, if you have more questions, we can keep going. But I believe what God's doing as well is, and I'm throwing so much out there. So I just pray that every person that needs to hear specifics would just receive it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But in Romans 8, it talks about that all creation is groaning. And then it even says further that even as believers, we are groaning um, for the reality of the sons and daughters of God to be revealed to the earth. And I believe what's happening is, you know, no one knows a day or the time when Jesus is coming back. Let's make that really clear. None of this weird stuff. (laughs) But we are every day we are getting closer to the return of Jesus. Everyone's like, duh, Ross, I know that. But here's the point (laughs) I'm trying to make. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Let's say that day is in 30 years, 50 years, 100 years, whatever it is. We're getting closer and closer to that. And as we get closer and closer to that, I believe those groans will intensify, yep. you know? And and so I just sense that right now in the body of Christ, people are, are internally groaning. And, and what that means is you might be like, Ross, you sound crazy, man. Like, what in the world are you talking about? Go read Romans 8. You can see it in scripture. <laughs> but the, the point I'm trying to make here is there is something happening internally. Well, we are beginning to come into this place as believers like Jesus. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the good things. Thank you for revival. But Jesus, we need you. We need your your tangible manifest presence to come into our lives, to come into our cities, to come into our houses, our families, our businesses, our churches. And so I just want to encourage anybody out there who's been feeling this like you are not alone. There is there is something that I believe God's doing. The Holy Spirit is stirring these like groanings in us that are. Sometimes, Jeff, when I get into my secret place, I don't even know how to pray. It's like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, Corey Russell yeah. says this. He's like, prayer on the other side of words, right? Mm-hmm. It's where we get out of the, I'm, I'm, I'm using everything Corey Russell says. So I've really been just <laughs> really resonating with him. He's like, we yeah. get outside all the plastic prayers, the right things to say, the right things to do. And we move into the groans, we move into the tears, we move into the, mm-hmm. the prayer languages. You know, we move into these deep places where instead of just saying what we know we're supposed to say, we're trying to express the groaning in our hearts for God. And, and I think that's something that is really coming upon, you know, just the believers in America and in the nations is like, don't be afraid of the groan. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> Sometimes it's really challenging and you're like, man, what do I do? I don't even know how to express what I'm feeling right now, mm-hmm. but just press in and let that groan of God just continue yeah. to pull you deeper into intimacy, deeper into the word, deeper into relationship. So just want to so encourage good. people with that. So good. So, 
One thing I noticed at your, um, you know, California will be saved events is worship plays a very integral part yeah. of that thing. Um, so I'd just love to hear what you kind of have to say about that, what you've observed, what you've discerned, what God has spoken to you specifically regarding worship and Gen Z. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's two things. Number one, Joel says this. Joel's the the co-host of California Save with me. He's like, you know, <laughs> when like when it comes to worship, you know, in heaven, there's no preaching happening right now. <laughs> right. They're worshiping. They worship yeah. day and night, night and day. So the one of our one of our goals and really what we want to do with California we Save is we want to take people and and allow them to see that our eternal destiny is worship. Like that's what we will be doing in heaven. Like we will be worshiping God day and night, night and day. And so when it comes to this earth, how much more should our hearts consistently be in that posture of worship towards the Lord? That's number one. Number two, you know, I did this study on on uh, on Israel a couple of months ago. God was just really speaking to me about the Israelites. You know, anytime there was a significant uh, moment in history or, or a crisis, what they would do is they would gather all the people together. The kings, whether the kings were wicked or not wicked, they would gather all the people together and they would bring a sacrifice. Remember back in the day, right? They had sacrificed physical animals. Mm -hmm. and, and when they would bring these sacrifices and offerings, which were a form of worship, when they brought a pure offering, a pure sacrifice to God, what God would do blows my mind. Many times in the Old Testament, he would send his literal glory whether it's Moses in the tabernacle, whether it's throughout the throughout the span of the kings, like the glory of God would actually fall upon a people. Second Chronicles 20. And so the reason why I'm going here with worship is when we bring authentic, pure worship to God, what it does is it releases the glory of God. And and why that's so powerful is, you know, I was asking God and I saw this the other day. I was like, what is what does glory of God actually mean? And the best the best description I could find, it's like the manifest presence of God. It's where the presence of God becomes like you can almost feel it. You can almost sense it. You can touch it. You can mm -hmm. you can like you can. It's like tangible in the atmosphere. And so that's what we're doing with California. What we save is we're bringing worship. When we sing worship, we want it to be focused on the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus and Jesus. We want it mm -hmm. worship to be Jesus, Jesus and Jesus. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when we bring this offering of worship to God, we believe because of the, our purity of our hearts and the purity of of what we're doing, that his glory is then released into an atmosphere. And here's the thing, when the glory of God is released into an atmosphere, nothing else matters. Everything else loses its sight. People get saved, people get healed, people aren't concerned about what's happening at their work anymore, people aren't concerned what's happening in Russia. Things that are important, things that matter, but they're the glory of God is the solution to the world. That's what yeah. I that's that's my like my message in my heart right now. Like God, mm -hmm. we need your glory, your manifest presence. And so when we worship, we want we want people to see this is what we're going to be doing in eternity. And we want to bring a pure offering of worship because we see all throughout scripture, there's people who brought impure offerings of worship and it did not go well for them. No, <laughs> no, it did not. So that's really our heart with worship, just to create an atmosphere where we're able to worship Jesus and for his presence to come. That's really what we desire. Love it. So I found a, um, a couple of days ago on Instagram, uh, actually a couple of weeks ago. And um, this guy had done a study. I think he's a, like a youth pastor or something. And it said, Gen Z's language is the language of worship. And mm -hmm. it said 57, uh, no, 578 billion with a B minutes of music played by 18 to 24 year olds in 2021. 
Wow. And then it said, so that's the amount of mu just music in general, 578 billion minutes of music. Uh, it said four out of five said they learned something new about themselves while listening to music. 69% felt less lonely while listening to music. As a church, we have rushed worship when Gen Z desires more of it. Uh, Gen Z wants authentic worship, not polished performers. Original audios is the trend with Gen Z. So actually, this is referring to worship. Yeah. That's a lot of hours of, of uh, that's a lot of minutes of worship. 578 billion minutes of worship. Come on now. Yeah. And so, I mean, it I, that was really, I think you can look at it and be like, well, you know, you need, you need the meat, you need the, and I think that that's the access point. I look at that more as an access point. I'm like, okay, if they want worship, let's give them worship. Like, totally. does it mean yeah. that that's all they're going to, we're going to keep them in this baby state where all they want is milk and they never hear teaching. There will be opportunities, but I think often we look at like, because music is a really big thing right now. I mean, it always has, it's always been yeah. on the forefront, but I really feel like there's a lot of negative going on in the music industry right now. And then there's obviously like a hunger for worship music. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that um, that's why it's so encouraging for me to see. And uh, look, I, I'm sure you guys, when you were going out, like, it felt the most natural, like, yeah, of course, we're going to play worship music. Of course, we're going to do this. And it was just this desire and hunger for the presence of God. And you knew that worship, you could find it in the in worshiping God. You could find yeah. his presence, him abiding in that space when you worshiped him. Right. Yeah. So um, it's just cool to see that, like, that was something that was so natural and really pressing into that. Yeah. And um, you guys being Gen Z, um, that it's obviously that 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 is something that God it, God is in right now. Totally is, is yeah. Well, Scripture says right, He's God is enthroned on the praises of His people. So it's mm -hmm. clear that when we praise God, right, there is something that happens. God is sovereign, right? Let's make some clear. Let's make some things clear. You know, God is sovereign. He's always with us. He'll never not be with us. But there is moments where His presence is more tangible, where it's like you can sense that God's presence is just it's it's more tangible than it was 10 minutes ago or whatever the case may be and so we even see that in scripture right like like i said that scripture in psalms where god is enthroned on the praises of his people yeah. and so the reason why worship is so powerful and, and i'll even share from experience right and and yes like the word of god is important but so is experience right we have to have both both go hand in hand absolutely mm -hmm. um but in my experience when we're doing california what we say when, when we do, you know, we start, we start off our gatherings, we do worship for 45, 60 minutes, and then I, I typically come up and share the gospel. It's almost not fair because, like, when we worship for 45, 60 minutes, you know, there's such a presence of God that when I share the gospel, it's like people are already like, well, I'm feeling something. There's something different here. What is it? Then they hear Jesus. They're like, boom, I, my life is his. Right. And I've been in other atmospheres where there wasn't worship happening and I preached and it just it, it didn't feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is God going to move in both scenarios? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit will always back up the word of God. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So that's that's number one. But when you worship and you create that atmosphere as that, I would say the atmosphere of heaven. And what I mean by that is, like I said earlier, what are they doing in heaven day and night, night and day? They are worshiping God. Mm -hmm. So whatever, whatever heaven's doing, we should probably do it here on earth. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what was Jesus prayer when, he, when the disciples asked him to teach us how to pray? He said on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So it's clear that the heart of God is that what happens in heaven will take place here on the earth. 
And so in order for that to happen, then what is going on in heaven? (laughs) Worship. So we create these atmospheres where we, everything is centered is be, I, don't, I don't know if centered is the word, but we begin with worship, with centered on Jesus. Then we go into the gospel, which is centered on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then we go into prayer, which is centered on Jesus. So it's just, it's different expressions of worship, different expressions of the heart of God, all in alignment with pointing to Jesus. And if you can stay there in that place, man, well, of course God is going to move. Like all you're mm-hmm. doing is giving him glory yeah. and sharing the reality of who he is and create an atmosphere where he is at, where he is custom and at home, then what's going to happen, yeah. right? And and this is even something we can see in scripture. Like, you know, I've, I've learned this, that there's there's so much in scripture, it's crazy. But like the Romans, when they would conquer a, a land, they would send people out to that conquered land and they would make sure that that conquered land, they would create it, recreate the land, like the way it looked, the way the roads were built, the way the buildings were built, so that the king or the emperor at that time, when he came to that new conquered land, it would seem like he was at home. Hmm. And, and the reason why that transitions to today is when, when I think of Jesus, he is the greatest. He is the king of kings. <laughs> He's hmm. the Lord of lords. So I want to create these atmospheres where Jesus feels at home, so to speak, yeah, where he is yeah. the king, where I'm like, man, this isn't a foreign space for him. This is a space where you can rest, Jesus. This is a space that you can trust. This is a space where you can come and do what you want to do. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much we can hit on that. So I'm trying to, trying to keep it laser focused, but yeah, worship is just critical to that. Yeah. Come on. Well, Ross, um, I would love for you to, to pray for people. I think, you know, man, like, I just feel like as each passing moment goes on, especially with what God is doing and as these types of things in Asbury are going to magnify, they're going to pop up in multiple different places they're going to show up in California, all over California and, and everywhere else, you know? And, and I think, you know, as we talk about this, there's always going to be a handful of people that God is really prompting on now. I'm supposed yeah. to do something right now. And so um, I would love for you to pray for those people specifically totally. uh, that they're really feeling a prompting from the Holy spirit of just like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something, you know, like, um, uh, and then, um, and then however else you feel led to pray as well. Totally. Yeah. Before I pray, I would say, I'll pray. We're going to pray right now, but ask God for these two things. Who are my people and where do I go? Hmm. Right. Because you can have the greatest intentions, yep. but you're not designed to do it alone. And you're, and God doesn't want you to do it alone. Right. You're, we're designed for the presence of God to be hosted in the context of community and deep relation, deep relationship. So if you don't have your people, your tribe or whatever you want to call them, like ask God for those people first, because when you find your tribe, you find your people yep. and you're able to walk in what God has for you. And then once you find your people, it's like typically they're at the place you need to be. So it's mm-hmm. like find your people, find your place. And then that's a really great foundation. Yeah, so that's really good. Just some practicals there. So, God, I just yeah, I just thank you so much. And, and I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every person now or later and you would give them clarity on who their people are, God. That even right now you would highlight faces, you would highlight names, you would highlight a church, you would highlight a ministry and that you would show them who their tribe is, who are people that you are calling them to do life with and to host your presence with together. And I pray for those who feel that that's impossible. There's nobody in my area, nobody in my city, nobody in my state. God, that you would bring these people into their lives supernaturally, God, that you would make uh, just divine alignments, divine friendships, divine marriages. We just release those in Jesus name. And Lord, I also just pray Um, for those now or later, that for the groan of God to just increase in their heart and to increase in their soul, God, would we, would we be a people, would we be a church who is willing to press past every 
disappointment, every hardship of life and keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would bless every person, that any any person needs healing in their body, just declare the healing of God to come upon you right now, that any sickness we command to leave your body, mm. um, any mental, mental issues, mental health, mental illness, any of those things, we just cancel them in Jesus' name. And we just say, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. So we just declare liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I just ask that you would release prophetic dreams in this, even tonight, prophetic visions. That's what your, the Word of God says, that in the last days, you will pour out your Spirit upon all people, God. So just ask for a fresh outpouring of you, Holy Spirit. And would you show us, God, what our role is in revival? And ultimately, the last thing I pray, Jesus, is that we would love you above everything else. Not just the good things, but we would love you above everything else. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ross, thank you so much, bro. This was fantastic as usual. I just love your passion. I love what God is doing in your life um, and that it's on full display, you know, that you're just real. You keep things real and transparent. I think that's really important. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I just think it's great. Um, how can people follow you and what you guys are doing? Yeah, the best way is honestly on Instagram. Uh, if you just type in my name, Ross Johnston, uh, Johnston with a T, <laughs> uh, you fo- you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, literally every platform. And if you have questions, shoot me a DM. I'm really active on socials. And so I love connecting with people. So that's the best way is just social media um, and shooting me a message. And I love to connect with you. Awesome. Are you doing any events here coming up? Oh, yes. So April 2nd, we are doing an event at the Los Angeles Coliseum, which is super exciting. We're actually not going to be inside the Coliseum. We're going to be right outside of it. It's this venue called The Torch, which is right under The Torch. If you don't know what The Coliseum is, they did the, I think it was the 84 Olympics there. I can't remember um, in Los Angeles, but we're doing something called Hope California, where there's going to be 10 stadium events happening on the same day in California, April 1st and April 2nd. And our team is leading the Gen Z segment at the Los Angeles uh, Stadium, which is going to be the L.A. Coliseum. So once again, that's a lot of info. If you have questions, shoot me a DM. It's it's open to all. It's free to all. We're going to worship. We're going to share the gospel. We have amazing people like Papa Lou Engel, Jesse Green, Parker Green, El Savosa, all these amazing mothers and fathers in the faith. So uh, we'd love to see you on um, April 2nd at the L.A. Coliseum. Awesome. More information and you guys follow. California will be saved. I'm sure you guys will be talking about it, especially if we get closer to that date. So yeah, yeah, um, everybody that's in that Southern California region, uh, or if you're not and you want to go, more information on that uh, on their socials. So uh, Ross, thank you so much, man. This is great. Yeah, see you, Jeff. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, you too, man. All right, everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, We've got Kim Robinson on, actually. And you know, I've wanted her on for a while. And I just felt like I was supposed to wait. And then randomly I was like, no, now is the time. I felt the prompting from the Lord. So for those of you who don't know who she is, she has been to heaven. And uh, she just communicates it in such a raw and honest and real way. And um, I can't help but get teary-eyed when I hear her talk about stuff. It's just like so, so real and uh, bursting with the father's heart. So I'm really excited for you guys to actually get introduced to, to her tomorrow. Um, some of you guys have no idea who she is and you're in for a treat. She's just great. She's just like, a, a just a mom and she's just like got a mom's heart. And, uh, and uh, so I think you guys are going to be really blessed. So that's going to be tomorrow at 2 PM Pacific time, 5 PM Eastern time. Um, 
Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. And that keeps us at five days, uh, five days a week, keeps us afloat, keeps all the moving parts behind the scenes uh, moving. And so we really appreciate you guys' generosity with that. Uh, that has made the way for us to be able to donate uh, to uh, the water well efforts in Uganda and beyond. So um, God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Kim Robinson. Goodbye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 